Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. We're going to switch things up a little bit. If this is your first time here, we welcome you to the show. Make sure you go ahead and hit subscribe because you don't want to miss out and uh, things are going to be ops normal uh, for you. Uh, but if you are returning to the show, we're going to start releasing our episodes on Fridays now. Uh, we're going to do a little Financial Freedom Fridays, right? I think it'll be good. And uh, occasionally we'll release some episodes um, prior to in the weekday if we have an update or a little lesson or whatnot that may uh, pop on there on occasion. Uh, but Fridays will be the new day that we start to release a lot of our interviews. So, uh, so look out for that. And we have a lot of awesome stuff happening behind the scenes, of course, as usual. If you haven't picked up your tickets yet to the um, the Military Influencer Conference in D.C. on September 8th through the 10th, you definitely want to grab that and make sure you use the code ADPI, right, ADPI to get your 20% off on your ticket. It's going to be great. Um, and yeah, we don't want to we don't want to miss out on that opportunity to meet you guys there and let us know if you grabbed your tickets. Let us know either on the Facebook group or let us know through Start the Spark. We want to see you there. All right, and um, yeah, other than that, we've got a lot of awesome events happening. The Hampton Roads area is booming great with the seminars. Uh, thanks to all those that showed up uh, at our last event. We've got a seminar going on tomorrow in Hampton. Uh, and then a few, of course, down the road, make sure you check out our Eventbrite page uh, for that information. So it's going to be great. All right. And uh, all right, without further ado, let's go ahead and kick off the show. We have an awesome guest today. I cannot wait to introduce you to Kyle Mitchell. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. We've got Kyle Mitchell here. He is the founder, or co-founder, rather, right, of Limitless Estates. And he actually runs a podcast called Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate. What's going on, Kyle? Nothing much. I'm happy to be on. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for, for coming on to our show. Really appreciate it. Um, I think you met Eric, right? Eric Upchurch through the uh, Rod Cleaves Multifamily uh, Group on Facebook. Yeah, I see him all the time on the Facebook group, and we just hosted him on our podcast, and uh, happy to be here on yours. We also saw him at the uh, Tony Robbins event out here in LA not too long ago. So Awesome. Oh my goodness, man. I heard so many great things about that event. Uh, we actually just spoke to another one of his friends that he met out there, but um, I don't know. Do you mind talking a little bit about that, actually? Because I would love to kind of like hear your perspective of that event. What yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic event. And uh, if you've never been to a Tony Robbins event before, uh, you know, be ready to have your mind kind of blown. It's it's a different kind of um, environment. You know, he gets you out of your comfort zone. There's dancing, rave music, jumping up and down, hugging people. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of a party and a rave in one sense. And then, you know, he's there to kind of change your mindset in the other. So it was definitely a great weekend. You do about 50 hours in four days. So he, he breaks you down and... Um, wow. It was great. You know, I, I definitely took some takeaways from that event and I would highly suggest it. Okay. Wow. That's incredible. 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, I've never been to a Tony Robbins and Robbins event yet, yet, but I definitely plan on going. Yeah, uh, I think, I, I think you should. Yeah, that's awesome. What was your biggest takeaway from that event? No negotiating with yourself. Um, and so that's actually something that uh, I learned from him. He jumps in like uh, cold water in the mornings, first thing, 56 degrees. And uh, for him, it's like a mindset thing, no negotiation. So Ooh. one thing I started doing was hopping in a cold shower for a couple minutes in the morning. And it, it's not just to, you know, be in the shower or whatever. It's, it's to change your mindset. You committed to doing something and no negotiating with yourself. Get in there and do it. So uh, I, I loved that. And then the second takeaway would have been you're, you're two millimeters from your goal. So don't give up. You know, it's kind of like the book Three Feet from Gold. Um, it, you're right there. So just don't give up. Keep going and you're going to get there. Outstanding, man. That's deep. And that's uh, very, very philosophical. I mean, I've taken a couple cold showers before and I don't like it at all. So I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not fun. But uh, not at fun. the end, you know, when it's done, um, you feel good. You, you know, you didn't negotiate with yourself and um, you can move forward with your day with the right, right mindset. So I like alert. it. Yeah, that's true, man. Awesome, bro. Okay, cool. So do you mind giving us a little bit of background, you know, of yourself and how you got started in investing? Yeah, sure. Uh, my background originally was in um, golf operations. I was a regional manager for a golf management company for about 15 years. And I got started in real estate because I needed to do something with my money. Um, I bought my primary residence at the right time in 2008. And in about 2014, it had appreciated. So I decided to sell that and utilize that money to start buying some real estate. So when I first got started, I started buying turnkey rentals because I still had my full-time job at that point. So I needed to create some passive income, but not something that took up a lot of my time. Mm -hmm. So um, I started purchasing some out-of-state uh, single-family turnkeys. I have about nine right now in three different markets. And uh, I know we'll get into it a little bit later, but I'm selling those off right now. And, um, you know, it, I just found it tough to scale, which is one of the reasons why I, I am um, I'm selling them. So at that point, I realized it's it, I couldn't scale. And so that's where we kind of got started with Limitless Estates, our company right now, where we purchase out-of-state multifamily properties. Awesome. Okay, cool. So, so you, you did invest in turnkey uh, because at first, at the time, right, you didn't have enough time to put into investments. So or to in the process, right? So you leveraged other people's time, other people's effort, and you you know raised your capital in order to uh, start your investments. And was it successful for the time that you had it? Yeah, you know I've had them for about three or four years now, and um, for the first few years, yeah, they were they were great. You know, they were exactly what I wanted them to be, mm -hmm. um, and it, no complaints at that point. Now where we're at now is that those leases are coming expired. You know, I, I got pretty lucky. Mm -hmm. We're in the sense that most of them were in there for three or four years, most of the tenants, but now I'm going through that turn transition. And during that transition, it's been a little bit difficult for sure to get new tenants in and the money you need to spend to get the property back up to where it needs to be because these tenants have been in there for about three years. I also went through a couple of evictions because of a issue with the property management company. Oh, wow. So when going through that kind of stuff, I just thought, man, these are nine individual assets, right? And so there's nine different problems could be whether it's, you know, um, the boiler went out or the roof needs to be repaired or just that the tenant's not paying rent. I'm dealing with nine different problems at once. And so with multifamily, you know, you have all your tenants under one roof. If you have a hundred unit property, it's, it's, it's one property. So, um, that's kind of when we started transitioning into multifamily. 
Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I like this, the fact that we're talking about this because, you know, one of the things that we do as a company, you know, we help uh, connect some of our military with some turnkey providers because a lot of times, you know, when we're out there on the field, you know, uh, it's sometimes turnkey is the best route, right? To get to get started, especially if you don't have the time to apply to investing. But I mean, what you're saying, it sounds like there are some headaches that kind of come along with that. So, um, so tenant turnover for sure, making sure that the property management company you have is, you know, is being legit. Were there any other challenges or hurdles that you faced during the process? You know, the, and I don't want to say turnkeys, you know, complete negative. It, it definitely served a purpose for uh, my investing based mm-hmm. on my current situation where it was in the past. Um, but, you know, a lot of the headaches are with the property management company. You've got to make mm-hmm. sure that you hire the right property management company. And, you know, the one I'm, I'm not going to name them, but the one I'm talking about specifically that I'm having some issues with now, they were my best property management company for the first two years. Wow. And then what happened was there was turnover in the management and they've been through three different managers ever since. And they just have not been staying on top of their properties. Um, and this particular property management company is also focused, they're a broker as well. So they're focused on selling instead of managing. So you've got to stay on top of your property management company. And just because they're doing a good job now doesn't mean they're going to do a good job in the future. So I would always just say that keep a keep a pulse on on the communications with them, because I kind of saw it start to go backwards. And I did not pull the trigger soon enough Mm. to start to switch them over. And so what happened was, is three of my four properties had to go through eviction um, and they were ransacked and left in terrible conditions. So, you know, when you're cash flowing four or $500 a property and you have to spend four or $5,000 to turn that unit, that's, that's your entire year plus whatever your vacancy um, factor is. So right. that's where my biggest headache was it was with it. And then, you know, when I first went into turnkey, my initial thought back then was, okay, I'm going to buy this. It's going to rent at X. And then every year I'm going to be able to raise the rents. Well, the, the areas in which I purchased these are class C assets. And I knew that going in, but there's just not been the appreciation and the rent growth in those areas that I had originally thought. Now, rent growth has been through the roof through, uh, throughout most of the country over the last five or six years. But in these particular C-class areas, uh, there just hasn't been. Maybe I get 10, 20 bucks. But on the other end, the taxes have been going up as well. So I've actually seen a shrink in my cash flow uh, versus a growth. So those are the types of things when I first got into turnkey, I didn't educate myself enough on. Uh, Certainly, I could have talked to more investors and and learned a little bit more about what the challenges were versus what the benefits were. And again, going back, would I have done it again? I probably wouldn't have bought as many as I did. Um, Initially, I maybe would have tried a burn method or something like that to do it on my own, be more active. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it definitely served my purpose. And I'm still going to be out ahead at the end of the day. And so now we're just taking that capital and moving it into multifamily. Okay. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, so that, that's great. I mean, you touched on an awesome point, you know, I mean, sometimes investments, you know, don't always pan out the way you expected. And so, you know, you found another strategy to switch to, and now you're going to move on and scale up, right? So you, you stayed on top of your investments instead of just kind of letting them sit and go in like the course of 10, 20, 30 years, not really knowing what the heck's going on. So that's yep. cool. Awesome, man. Awesome. So now moving into multifamily, you know, um, you know, now I think you're in the crutch of your first deal now, right? 
Yeah, we were able to get our first deal under contract and that's been about 16 months in the works. And, you know, I, I think the thing I did differently this time versus the single family is I made sure I educated myself for a longer period to understand the asset class fully before I got into it. So not right. just the benefits, but the downsides, you know, modeling other people, being around other people who were doing the same thing that we would like to do right. so we can kind of grow um, grow faster, but also just do things more intelligently. So when I got into single family, I found it, I was just stoked on the fact that I could buy a home for, you know, 20,000, 25,000 down and start getting a few hundred bucks in passive income. So I didn't really look at the downside. So we spent about 10 months just going to conferences, meeting people, going to meetup events, and just soaking in all the the knowledge, reading books, listening to podcasts, things like that. Uh, and then, you know, from there, we just, um, I always try and do one or two things a year that get me out of my comfort zone. So what we did is partnered with um, a friend of ours that was doing a meetup group. So we started a chapter and extended out uh, his meetup group. And so now we're at about four or five different chapters, but we run one of those chapters. And uh, I started another meetup group and then we started a podcast, you know, so we do things to kind of get out of our, our comfort zone, meet people in the space to educate ourselves even further and, and align ourselves with them. And so now we're at the position where we're actively making offers on out of state apartment buildings. Outstanding. Uh, what's, what's that meetup group, if you don't mind? It's LA's out of state multifamily investing um, okay. group. So uh, we have about four or five different chapters in Southern California right now and, and uh, hoping to expand to more. Outstanding. Okay, man. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if any of you guys are in the area, you might want to check out Kyle's group there. Um, you know, if, if that's okay, we'll put a link to it in the show notes page if you've got like a Facebook group or whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. And we do have a Facebook group and it's, it's that same Ellie's out of state multifamily investing. So thank Perfect. you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no. So uh, one of the benefits, you know, of, of multifamily, and we've had a few in multifamily investors on here before too, uh, is that you find it's like a team sport, you know, and I've heard you say we a bunch of times, but um, you know, have, have you found that uh, refreshing experience working with a team that, you know, a little bit different than you were doing with single family? hundred percent. It is a team sport and that's what I love about it. And really the community in multifamily is, it's a small community, but everyone's willing to help one another, which is fantastic. You know, it's not, you know, my company versus yours. It's kind of like, Hey, let's see how we can help each other. Right. So there's so many different pieces of the team. And sometimes when I'm saying we, it's my fiance and I, who's my business partner. But other times when I'm saying we, it's people that we, that we've met in the industry that we're partnering up with, right. There's so many different things and that have to go into acquiring a multifamily asset, whether that's underwriting, finding the deal, being boots on the ground, doing the construction, you know, raising the capital, all sorts of things. There's different things. And so you absolutely need a team in order to be successful in this business. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. But the good thing too about multifamily is that it's very diverse. You know, we're not always just talking about the 100, 200 plus units. Sometimes we're talking about the four, 10, you know, 20 units, uh, which is kind of nice. Hey, what what criteria do you guys typically invest in, you, you and your team? Yeah, right now, the one that we have under contract is about 40 units. Um, but but to be honest, and what you hear in multifamily is that the bigger you go, the easier it is. And it, it's completely true. You know, the, the smaller ones take just as much work as it does for the larger ones. You still got to fill out the loan application. You still got to raise capital. You just, you, just right. you have all these things. You still got to go through the attorney. So there's, it's the same process, you know, it's just with maybe a couple more doors. So really now we're focused on 100 plus units and B2C class value add properties. So 1970s or newer, um, around that range. 
Awesome. Awesome. I'm really glad you said that. And there's a lot of stuff there to dissect. So if it's cool, I'd like to kind of dissect some of that stuff. So when you say, Let's do it. yeah, when you say B to C class, what are you talking about there? Yeah, a couple of things. So B2C class can either mean the property itself, which has to do with the age of the age of the building or B2C class neighborhoods. So when I say B2C class, I'm talking about B2C class neighborhoods. And that really has to do with the demographic and the, the income of that general na- neighborhood. So mm. what we really focus on is that workforce housing, um, you know, people that may not make a ton of money, but are still um, really good citizens, they're helping their communities, and they need a safe place to stay, a clean place to stay, but not too expensive, you know? So right. we're just, we're focusing on those workforce housing type of um, uh, residents is what we call them. And so we also focus on impact housing a little bit, which if you don't know what that is, is that we try and impact the community as well. So we're not just going in, fixing up the units and making it a cleaner place to live. We're partnering with local nonprofits and um, organizations around to try and help um, lift the community who lives there and, and, and become better. Right. So whether that's after school programs for the kids or even after school programs for the adults to kind of help get their life to the next level. That's cool. After school programs for the adults. So, uh, what exactly does that look like? That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. So that's something we're still toying with. We haven't actually done it on one of our properties yet, but basically it's all, it's local, right? It's very, real estate's very local. So it will depend on the location of each property. So when we close on a property, we go out to that community and we talk to the very local nonprofits that are in that immediate area and whatever they're doing, we're going to partner with them to help our community, whether that be, you know, with the kids or the adults, but we want to take people's lives to the next level. We just don't want to give them a safe place to live, which is fantastic, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, but we also want to try and help them get their lives to the next level and, and, and really embrace the community around it. Outstanding, man. That is really cool. All right. So, um, all right, great. So let's go into the next thing you've mentioned. So when you say value add, right, what exactly are you talking about with that? Yeah. So as opposed to turnkey, which was my single family homes, which is basically, you know, turnkey is subjective, but rent ready. You know, it's a property that you can kind of move straight into and a tenant can, can walk in and, and live there that day. On value add, people are living in these apartment buildings. However, they need some work. You know, it's either um, an owner that has just not focused on it very much and the units are dilapidated, haven't been been rehabbed in 10, 20 years, mm. or it could be things like deferred maintenance, like the roof is, you know, fallen through or, um, simple things like it's being mismanaged. So we look for mismanaged and, and undervalued assets that we can add value to, whether that be putting capital back in from the standpoint of, you know, putting new cabinets in and new flooring and just getting the interiors looking a little bit better. Um, or fixing up some deferred maintenance, whether that's, like I said, roofs, ACs, uh, painting the property, things like that. And then we also take our management experience and really um, control the expenses and, and, and take a look and run it like a business, which is why I love multifamily. So value add can be a multi- uh, multiple of things, uh, whether that be from the income side or on the expense side. But we try and add value back into the property to make it a better, cleaner place to live. Um, and also a more efficiently running business. Outstanding, man. And, uh, and you mentioned it earlier, you know, about the bigger the units uh, you have or the more units you have, right, the, the better it kind of gets. And, um, and also, I guess, the lucrative, the more lucrative it gets too, right? I mean, with value add, there's like a lot of profit potential behind those deals, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like scaling anything, right? The larger it is, the more you clear your overhead is essentially what it is. So if you have a 250 unit building, let's just say you can have more staff on site so you can focus more on customer service and and things like that. And um, it's just, uh, it's more scale. So the larger you go, the, the more scale there is. Right. Okay, cool, man. That's awesome. So, so what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned along in this process? I know you guys are kind of still going through the crux of your first deal, but uh, maybe take me through some of the challenges that you've had and maybe your mindset shifting from single family to multifamily or some, maybe some of the hurdles that you guys have run into along the way. Yeah, I would say that with single family, you can buy a turnkey property right now because you have a team who is already doing that, right? You have a turnkey provider that's going to provide it for you. With multifamily, it's all about relationships. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a long time to build those relationships. And if you really want to build meaning relationships, it takes a little bit longer. So, you know, initially when I got started, I felt like, oh man, I'm going to get into this and, and start closing deals left and right. And my my goal for the first year was to close on 200 units. Well, I closed on zero. <laughs> oh no! Um, but looking back, it was still a very successful year. You know, we yeah. decided to start a podcast. We uh, started two meetup groups, and we met a hundred, if not more, people who are now in our lives that are um, you know great relationships, and we are starting to to make um, headway. So I think my biggest challenge was just knowing that it was going to how long it was going to take to build those relationships right. and really get started uh, doing it the right way. Right, right. You know, that, that's, that's really, a uh, really, really good word, man, because I have started to learn that too a lot more myself, you know, with this multifamily thing, it's that the relationships that you build, especially the ones that last, you know, a long time can be really profitable for you. And the, and then, um, you know, Rod Khalif always talks about, you know, some of his relationships that he's had with people for like 10 or 20 years, you know, that later on go and bring him these deals that he's made millions off of and spent a couple thousand on, you know, which is impressive. So, yep, yeah, that's, that's really Absolutely. cool, man. It's the having that long game in mind, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, real estate, you know, has, it makes the most millionaires out there, right? Is what they say, but it it really is a long-term wealth builder, not an immediate get rich quick type of scheme. So you just have to have that mindset. And, you know, Tony Robbins says it's that you underestimate what you can do in 10 years, but you overestimate what you can do in one year. And I think I was guilty of that in the beginning. I was thinking I could really scale in one year and do it. And it's not, it's definitely a long game and we know that. And, um, we're in, we're in it for the long haul. So. That is amazing, man. That is so solid word. <laughs> Guys, I hope you're taking notes, man. All these value bombs here. This is great. God, man. All right. Cool. Cool. God, thank you so much, man. This is this is amazing wisdom. Um, honestly, I think you've kind of <laughs> run run out of questions here. So Yeah, no take, worries. I'll, I'll take you into our bonus round. That's cool. Let's do it. Uh, all right. So I've got three final questions for you. And this is just so our folks can kind of get to know you a little more. Um, one, what is your favorite book? Yeah, so I I do read a lot. And the book that changed my life most over the last three years, I would say is Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning. It got me uh, in the right mindset. And it it got me uh, to create a morning routine for myself. So I start off every every day kind of on the right way. Okay. Nice, man. All right. Well, there will definitely be uh, a link to that book in the show notes page. Um, Second question, who is your biggest hero and why? Um, that's a tough one for me. I would say my dad, you know, and I think a lot of people that know me would be shocked that I answered that. But, um, 
he's just always there to help me, you know, and, uh, whatever it is he supports me in. And I appreciate that about him. And, uh, yeah, when you ask me that, he's the first person that pops into my head. So, um, All right. He's my guy. Awesome. <laughs> there it is. He's your guy. Good stuff, man. All right. Last question. If you've had three nuggets of wisdom to drop right now onto uh, young sailors, young Marines, young grunts that are just getting started, what would it be? Yeah, I would say number one, always learn from your mistakes, right? Because when you're learning, you're, you're growing. And so a mistake really is not a failure. Um, so definitely that. And then keep persisting. You know, it, this business takes a lot of hard work and you're going to go through those mistakes and failures. But again, you know, you learn, you grow and you just keep doing what you're doing and eventually you're going to get there. Like I said earlier, the book, Three Feet from Gold, or uh, as Tony Robbins says, you're two millimeters from there. So just keep pushing, keep pushing and, mm -hmm. and you're going to get there, right? And then surround yourself with good people. I think um, the biggest thing is, is building a team. And whether that's te a team of people to support you or a team of people to be by, by your side as a business partner, but regardless in what type of asset class you focus on, you are only going to go as far as your, your team is. And so I would always encourage people to surround themselves with better people, uh, people that make them, you know, take them to that next level, people who are doing things that they want to be doing and uh, surround yourself with those people. Outstanding, man sound advice guys i hope you guys are taking notes that's great solid man well thank you so much kyle really appreciate it man what's next for you uh just to continue to uh scale our business so we're just actively out there making offers and uh creating relationships and um and going from there so i'm excited for the next 12 to 18 months uh for our company and um yeah that's it all right, man. Sounds good. Well, it sounds like you guys are heading in the right direction. Um, and it was really great meeting you here on the podcast. Glad that our listeners can, uh, can really hear your wisdom there. Uh, a lot of good, solid advice. And uh, how can our folks get in touch with you guys? On your team. Yeah, our website is uh, limitless-estates.com and my email is kmitchell at limitless-estates.com. And if anyone wants to give me a call, my number is 562-833-5010. All right. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. That's the way to get in touch with Kyle. And Kyle Mitchell, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the show. I really appreciate it, man. Take yeah, care. thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. Outstanding. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on to the show. And thank you guys for listening. If this is your first time, again, make sure you hit subscribe because you don't want to miss out on all the awesome action that we have here on the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. If you haven't checked out our website yet, make sure that you go there, www.activedutypassiveincome.com to find out how you can get started on your financial freedom journey today. And make sure that you schedule a call. If you text ADPI to 444-999, you'll be able to schedule a call with our team. It's free, all right? And then you can go and just get some advice, right? Wherever you're at right now, you can get some advice on how we can help you, uh, maybe give you three action steps and how you can succeed, all right? So we're looking forward to meeting with you guys and chatting with you and seeing how we can help you guys out, all right? Anyway, I'm out of time. I will catch you guys later. Later.